0: Hello friends and welcome back. This is your host, Kristen, with More Than Rich, shining a light on your financial underwear drawer. Last week, Roy Carlson, president of Carlson Financial Services, touched upon my questions regarding why the word money is so taboo in a capitalist country, as well as a deep dive into cash management and reserves from a stewardship viewpoint. We did receive many inquiries about this word stewardship, So I wanted to take the time today to hopefully answer some of your questions and tap into Roy's experience and expertise and how he uses this process to prioritize and monetize your goals. Roy. Thank you again for being with us today. Stewardship is a word that has different meanings for different people, but the Wikipedia definition describes it as most people think it is, which is a theological belief that humans are responsible for taking care of the world. People who believe in stewardship are usually people who believe in one God who created the universe. So can you please define for our audience what stewardship means to you from a financial perspective and why should a non-believer invest in this notion?
1: Hey, Kristen, it's good to be here again. Uh, For me, it simply means following a measured approach and defined process to align your values uh, with your actions. Um, I believe stewardship is a practice of all people groups. It's not unique to Christians. It's not unique to any one people group. I also believe that when you talk about stewardship, it's really more defined as uh, the effective and careful management of resources. Um, That's closer to the uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary definition. Uh, And because of that, really effectively what it means for each individual is managing uh, the six areas as people that we're responsible for managing our body, our relationships with others, uh, our situations, our time, our talent, and and even our treasure. And and we'll spend the bulk of our time in this podcast series talking about the the treasure aspect of stewardship, since it's effectively what we've been doing and working with our clients for the last 20 years. But we find that each of the other uh, six areas of stewardship, and even the seventh being our faith, are critical for all people. Um, And we all have very similar goals as outcomes as we interact with each of these six key areas. And the goal is contentment. Um, If we're able to achieve contentment, Uh, With respect to our relationship to our body, our relationships, our situation, our time, our talent, and as believers, also our faith, then contentment is valuable for everyone in every situation. Uh, It's not for me, and quite frankly, it's not for any other person to define values, but to help create alignment between those values and the practical application that comes along that. Um, there are differences in values among pastors and missionaries and businesses. And our experiences, it's one of the most deeply unique and individualistic traits and characteristics of humans, is that their value system is different based on their experiences and based on those. Um, our goal, uh, as advisors, but also as a, a vessel for uh, the grace of God, is to help people to define a stewardship theology so that they're gaining contentment um, in each of these different areas of stewardship. Everybody is gonna benefit from having contentment as they relate to, for example, their body. Uh, Many people today struggle with eating disorders, uh, but most of us struggle with that balance in life between uh, getting enough exercise, getting enough sleep, Um, And and so what we help do is make sure that people have a platform to examine how they're defining success as it relates to their body. Are they spending enough time on their physical self so that they're as useful as they can um, so that they're content um, with the balance of how they're treating their physical self? Uh, relationships, I think, are even more critical because every single person on this life has a relationship uh, with something or someone. Uh, And so the stewardship process takes a look at how we interact in our marriage with our children, with our parents, with our employees, with our employers, uh, with our business, if we have one, and even with strangers. So it's designed for us to critically evaluate how we're interacting in our relationships so that it meshes very well with what we would describe our values as. And so I think every individual on this planet has a goal of taking a look at how they're operating their life and wanting to have a uh, plan that aligns their values, how they're treating uh, each situation they're in.
0: You mentioned something um, about stewardship of time which is really interesting to me, and I know I run around crazy as a a mom, as a business person, as a wife, as a friend, as a daughter, with with so much. Give me an example of what you call stewardship of time.
1: Once again, evidence of God's uh, amazing sense of humor. I grew up in a home where my father was a naval aviator, and we were a very punctual family. Uh, And for me, uh, being on time became an extension of keeping my word. And so it was a, uh, it was a very valuable and structured and uh, safe way uh, for me to feel like I was where I was. And so in, in God's sense of humor, he had me fall in love and marry a Cuban. And I remember early in the courtship process, we were going to a date um, and we were, we were attending a Cuban wedding. And by the time we showed up in the parking lot, we were a half an hour late, which meant my face was red, I was pulling my hair, and I was telling my wife, why in the world are we even showing up for this? It makes no sense to me. And my uh, humble wife handled me as well as she always does when I'm in this state and said to me, "Uh, let's just go in, sweetheart. And we walked inside and uh, found a seat. And number one, we weren't the last ones there, uh, but just as importantly— Uh, We waited for a half an hour before the service began. And so for me, it was a learning experience of understanding that my stewardship of time uh, was certainly different than my wife's, um, but it also gave me the nickname in the Cuban side of the family as Radio Relo, which if you're Cuban, you know on a Cuban radio station when they announced the time, they said Radio Relo. So the funny next on that is when my wife and I did get married, we were concerned enough that the Cubans wouldn't show up on time that we actually lied on our wedding invitations, which was a true blessing because all the Latin showed up on time. But the only problem was all the gringos showed up a half an hour before the wedding started and there was still another wedding going on. But the learning for my wife and I uh, was that uh, my wife respected the fact that especially in uh, business applications... Uh, that it was really critical for me to feel comfortable and safe uh, uh, with us being on time. Uh, But the further learning for me was when it came to social uh, settings, especially if we were going to be in Miami dealing with Latins, uh, that there needed to be a level of flexibility. Otherwise, you could show up places and nobody was there.
0: Okay, so I have to start calling you Mr. Time, Roy. That's an awesome story. Last week, we talked about your six-step process for your clients, and you spoke about the first one, cash management, cash reserves. As a refresher to our audience, can you just take us um, through each of those six steps? Because today, as we're talking about stewardship, where goal equals contentment, and this platform defines success, I really want our audience to understand this six step process that you have developed specifically for your clients at Carlson Financial Services, and each of our podcast series, we're going to be obviously diving into those on a more specific level. So again, just for the audience, refresh us about that six-step process.
1: Happy to do so, and I'm really looking forward to how uh, talking about uh, the stewardship of treasure and shining light on the underwear drawer has a practical application for each one of our listeners. Uh, What we hope is to spend time in the podcast bringing experts on stewardship of the body, your relationships, your situations, time, talent, and treasure, uh, and also your faith. Um, But in defining the six key areas of financial stewardship or stewardship of the treasure, uh, we talked last week, and it's foundational to discuss cash management and cash reserves, because that really dictates the direction that we're able to go in so many of the other areas. Uh, The second of the six key areas of financial stewardship is protection planning. And that will be in our next episode. And that's really asking yourself all of the what if scenarios in life. What if I'm disabled? What if I die prematurely? What if I need to have um, the use of a long-term care facility? And so we're going to spend time from a stewardship perspective helping to develop um, how it is that you want to treat those things. And there are a wide variety of, of values that will dictate how your insurance life um, should look. Uh, we'll also talk about tax control, and I'm really looking forward to bringing on one of the uh, most uh, highly recognized accountants in the area to discuss about the integration of your tax planning in your overall financial stewardship um, plan. Uh, Taxes are super interesting, and we have a lot of guidance, but I have yet to meet anybody that comes to me and says, Roy, I'm just not paying enough in taxes. And so our hope in that area is to create balance, um, to create uh, a financial plan that includes tax planning, um, driven by an accountant, but also supported by a financial advisor who understands the importance of investing on a pre-tax tax-advantaged, and after-tax basis to create diversification in a tax area, because this becomes very critical to how much you're actually able to enjoy and spend while you're on this planet, but also when you go on to where your final resting place is. Uh, we'll also talk it as one of the six key areas. Number four is retirement slash redirection. A- and this includes the what, the when and the how. It includes the financial, but it also includes the non-financial. I think what most people find is some of the biggest challenges they face as they transition into a new season of life are not the financial. And so it's great to get to a point where you recognize that the hard work that you've done for an entire career is going to allow you to maintain a lifestyle Uh, And so what we're going to focus on is both the how much you need, uh, but also uh, the non-financial preparations that you need to make for that next stage of life so you can reach contentment in that season. Uh, The fifth stage of the financial stewardship process includes looking at both strategic and tactical asset allocation. So this is a highly technical area, but it also includes making sure that your spiritual values, your social values, your giving priorities, and even your legacy priorities are reflected in the investment decisions that you make. So yes, it's important to have an effective and efficient asset allocation, but it's just as important to most of the people we work with that where their dollars are going are supporting the things that matter to them and that there are no dollars going to the things that they would deem inappropriate or not reflective of their values. And then the sixth area of financial stewardship is estate design. So this is recognizing that everyone on this earth will leave an inheritance. Of course there's a spiritual inheritance, but there's also a financial inheritance. And so our role as a firm, is to help people effectively and efficiently transfer assets in such a way that reflect their values in this way, that those that they love are still hugging at their funeral and still doing so five to 10 years later because people are always more important than assets. And this can be more complicated than it seems. And so providing a platform for people to make sure that their legacy of of peace continues is a goal of the estate design process.
0: Roy, you mentioned about uh, shining a light on your financial underwear drawer, and that's also uh, part of our title of our podcast. Can you extrapolate a little bit of that for us and how that relates to stewardship?
1: One of the first steps in having a good stewardship plan is really reflecting on how your values are shown Um, and how you're managing your treasure. And so if we assume that everyone wants to be content with how they're managing their different areas of their life, the stewardship priorities begin by examining the underwear drawer, which is all of the different financial components that make up you as a complete person.
0: Roy, thanks for going over those six steps and defining how... Uh, each of those are really integral in your stewardship process for your client. I, I really love it. I really love the process because it is so unique. It's so different. And I personally am going through that process right now and how I can reflect my finances with my stewardship moving forward. And, it, and it's quite a unique and amazing process personally to, to go through. During the step two protection planning for next week, I love how you coin it, what if scenarios. Give us just a sneak peek into a what if scenario and what can our audience expect to learn from this topic next week?
1: Uh, In the protection planning process, it's really challenging for most consumers because there is so much information and misinformation as it relates to insurance. Um, I've yet to really meet with someone who says, you know, one of my favorite things to do in life is meet with an insurance guy. And the challenge is that I've heard some really bizarre things through the years on protection. Um, I had an individual who shared with me that he would refuse to buy life insurance because he did not want his uh, wife, when he died, uh, to spend that money celebrating. The flip side of that is I met an executive in in the... uh, insurance world who was a self-described Christian who told me that the truest sense of how, how much someone loved someone else was how much life insurance they had on them. I think the challenge, in addition to wading through all the dis and misinformation about insurance out there, is really just defining the need. And the need is unique and should be decided by you based on your values, So the idea is to look at the financial ramifications of death, disability, or the need for long-term care, as well as looking at each possible solution. So both the amount and also the type of coverage can be defined by each individual based on their comfort level. Uh, the, The challenging part of insurance is too many of the representatives in this space Define how much insurance you need by what you can afford. And while that is a factor to consider, the most important factor to consider is what I call the pillow principle. And the pillow principle means that I have made choices that reflect my values in case. And for me and my family, that really addresses presupposing. So for me, presupposing is I don't want to presuppose that if something happens to me that God will provide everything that my wife needs financially. Uh, At the same time, um, I don't want to presuppose that he's going to provide nothing. So the balance for being a steward of the protection component is finding the right amounts and the right method to dealing with them. There are only three ways to remedy an insurance shortfall. I look forward to next week spending more time talking to you about protection planning, the pillow principle, the three ways that you can deal with the potential insurance shortages, and the stewardship of your protection in your life.
0: Thanks, listeners. That's a wrap for More Than Rich. Again, if you would like to contact Carlson Financial Services, please do so at 919-554-0080 Or log on to www.carlsonfinancialservices.com, located in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can email them at info at IWAINC.com to set up a uh, complimentary consultation with Roy Carlson. Thanks
2: so much. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals on behalf of Creative One Wealth LLC a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth LLC and Carlson Financial Services LLC are unaffiliated entities. Insurance products and services are offered through Carlson Financial Services LLC. The presence of this podcast shall in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell investment advisory services to any residents of any state other than the state of North Carolina or where otherwise legally permitted. Carlson Financial Services LLC and Roy Carlson is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for accounting, legal, tax or investment advice.